0: Welcome to the Cake Therapy Podcast, a slice of joy and healing with your host, Dr. Altricia Foster. This is a heartwarming and uplifting space that celebrates the transformative power of baking therapy. The conversations will be a delightful blend of inspirational stories, expert insights and practical baking tips. Each episode will take listeners on a journey of self-discovery, emotional healing, and connection through the therapeutic art of baking. There's something here for everyone. So lock in and let's get into it.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Cake Therapy Podcast, your slice of joy and healing with me, your host, Altricia Foster. So today we have a very exciting guest. Yes, she is exciting. She is from my neighborhood. And she's a cookier. So we want to welcome Maddie Gartman from Guardy Goodies. She makes the best cookies in Minnesota. She's, you know, she's one of the best cookiers I've seen in a long time. And I'm excited to have her join us today. So welcome, Maddie. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So so if you haven't followed Maddie yet, so um, Guardy Goodies makes like these... <laughs> intensive cookies okay she's, <laughs> she's intense her cookies look good they're they're so detailed they're they're packed with goodness and i i can tell that you bake your cookies from a real place of excitement and joy and i look forward to seeing your posts. you know and um i like how you flip your um your your cookie cutters what do you call that series now, yeah. um, maddie Oh, I call it Mystery Cookie Monday. Mystery but cook, cookie. cookie flips. Yeah. Yep, that's another yeah, cookie flip for it. Yep. And and I love that. And I want to know from you how, how you're doing? Like how, you know, I know that you have like all of these followers. What's the pressure like to just keep maintaining and flipping cookies, you know, every, uh, every Monday?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Um how am I doing? Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> busy all the yeah. time. But um Yeah, it is. It's definitely a lot of pressure, uh, Mm -hmm. especially because I'm maintaining a social media job. Essentially, it's become my job, um, as well as an actual baking job where I sell cookies to people, as Mm -hmm. well as being a stay at home mom. So it's juggling three different things. um, And it's easy for one of those to get put on the back burner. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Um, What I try to do so that the social media component doesn't take over because it really can because the internet can just being on your phone can just get into your everyday life.
0: Mm-hmm. If you
2: don't have some control over it is, um, is to batch batch create. And so I'll take Sunday and I'll make all five <laughs> videos for the whole week on Sunday. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And that,
2: that really helps. And then I can just, some of them like Instagram has scheduling tools, so I can just schedule them all out right away, mm-hmm. get them in my drafts. And that, that really, really helps keep things from being overly taking over my life because Mm -hmm. I still do have to sell cookies to people, you know, and they're not people that come from TikTok and Instagram. They're people in my neighborhood. Yeah. And I I still need to be a mom full time, you know, so Mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of women can relate to that juggling a career and motherhood.
1: Yeah. So outside of your, your almost 1 million TikTok followers, who, you know, who get to interact with you on some level, you know, via that platform. Tell us who you are. Like, who are you? You know, (laughs) what influenced your childhood? Like, yeah. What makes Maddie Maddie? Mm
2: -hmm. Well, uh, I can't say that I have had a lifelong love of baking, Um, but I've had a lifelong love of the arts and creating. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's always some sort of a a creating medium, whether it was scrapbooking, crocheting, sewing, you know, I did it all, everything that you could do. Um, And then I, as I got older, I wanted to get into cupcakes, which is like a slippery slope. You start with cupcakes and then you're suddenly taking that Wilton cake decorating class at Michael's and -hmm. then, Um, and then I was just determined to figure out how to make those cookies. And this was before anyone really offered classes. And it was just going to be another one of my creative outlets, because that's something that I have learned in my life to maintain my mental health is that I need a creative Mm -hmm. outlet and whether it's baking, whether it's painting, I I have to do something creative. It's almost, I, I compare to working out, (laughs) I need to work out too, but for me, that is my, (laughs) it is my mental health thing that I need to do to maintain um uh, just you know keeping mm-hmm. my bucket full every day. Yeah.
1: yeah, when you do that, tell me like um you said that it's your creative outlet and you'll have to keep your own, you know, your bucket full. Expand on the mental health aspect of it. Like what does it do for Maddie when Maddie mm-hmm. creates? How does
2: Maddie feel? What does Maddie get from creating? When I'm when I am fully into it. I can get completely lost in it. You know, either I put music on or, or headphones on and I can escape everything else. Mm -hmm. Um, when I'm creating for content purposes and I'm, I can't get lost in it. That's when I find it's not fun for me anymore. Mm -hmm. And, and so I have to maintain that. Okay. I'm going to do, yes, I'll do a couple things for content purposes, but I have to do things that I just enjoy doing at the end of the day. Like I have to make sure I am Integrating things that just bring me joy. Um mm-hmm. because otherwise it's just it's it's not fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So um besides the you said that the content creation does not bring you as much joy as other things, describe the joy that you're actually seeking when <laughs> You know the one that definitely
2: can bring me joy. It's it's when I'm forcing it. You know when I'm like, oh, I feel like I have to post and I have to keep the people happy. That's when it doesn't bring joy. And so the joy that I'm seeking is just getting completely lost in mixing the icing colors, coming up with like a beautiful palette that like really speaks to my style. Um, Or even if I'm taking a a, an order and I just love the theme that the person um, has given me just being able to completely get lost in it be able to use my own creativity you know not trying to copy cuz it can be yeah. so easy to just go on and see what someone else has done and that that can be fun and that that can be a learning experience in itself there's nothing wrong with that as long mm-hmm. as you're not trying to take credit for anything um, but when i get to use put my own creative flair on it it's when i just feel the most fulfilled yeah. you know and that's when i'm the most proud and yeah so what
1: what is your style? You didn't mention like, you know, if you're creating and you get to to make a cookie that's in your style, how would you define your cookie style?
2: Colorful. I love color. Um <clears throat> neutral color palettes are always hard for me because I just love color. Mm -hmm. Um I love colorful, whimsical. I love more simple. You said that mine are very intricate, which is so funny because I think of my style as more simple. (laughs) But I could see like from the outside perspective how it would seem, seem very intricate. Um Mm -hmm. and I always have always leaned towards vintage and retro elements. I I like to incorporate those where I can where it makes sense. So that always kind of sparks my creativity.
1: Yeah. So, do you um you you like color? Vintage? Are you your is your your style overall a vintage style in terms yeah. of like
2: home and dress? And
1: how oh about gosh, color? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You, I is love- it
2: translating into your daily yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's that's me. I love. I mean, my husband and I watch Antiques Roadshow for fun on a Friday night. So. <laughs> I love thrifting and I love, um, I love looking at old retro advertisements Mm -hmm. and I've always been that way. I I get a lot of influence. My mom has always been like that. And she's, you know, she's really the one who kind of passed the creativity bug down to me because we were always doing crafts together and she's always been, you know, she's an amazingly talented sewer and now she um, owns a photography business. Um, And so I, I think I get a lot of that that vintage antique thing from her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My, my mom, um, sews as well. So I think I did get that creative gene from her. My, my grandmother, in fact, does a lot of craft work working as well. So I know it's coming down from the, the matriarchal, um, the maternal line for me as well. So that, that's pretty exciting. So, um, as we were looking at your, you know, on your website and I've gotten to know you like, you know, via social media. I right. know that you were a teacher. Yeah. Tell me about like how did you get into teaching?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um so growing up I was always a writer. I always really loved to read and write. Um and it kind of made sense to become an English teacher because I knew I could continue to share that mm-hmm. um, or to you know to be involved in reading and writing and then get to share it with other people. Um so right out of college, I, I went and got uh, my teaching degree and got a job right away, teaching middle school, <laughs> um, which was crazy and fun. Um, and then uh, taught high school English for about seven years before mm-hmm. I left my job when um, I got pregnant with my son. well, after I had my son and, um, we needed to find a way to make it work for Mm -hmm. me to stay at home. Um, and so then that's where the cookie business really evolved too.
1: Yeah. So tell me like during the time or the periods when you were actually teaching, tell me how did you maintain the creative artistic side for you? Maybe is that, yeah, tell me. Did you have oh, yeah. to maintain
2: that? Yeah. Not very well. <laughs> Teaching is so all-consuming. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I was also coaching dance at the time. So I guess you could say that was somewhat of the creative, creative side.
0: Mm-hmm. So any
2: of my creative outlets had to come from things I did in my classroom. Um, and I think I really missed being creative during that time in my life, but there's so much prepping and planning and grading papers and Mm -hmm. reading chapters that uh, it's really all consuming. And that was a big part of um, why we decided to make it work for me to stay at home was because I knew my mental health wouldn't be balanced to be teaching and have a kid and then, you know, attempt any sort of other outlet in my life. Um, That was part of it too. But yeah.
1: Yeah. So my, my journey also began after the birth you know, of a second, my second child, I I just couldn't maintain or manage my own personal mental health at the time. And it made sense to kind of step back and, and figure out what was happening to me. So I've, I've realized that in these conversations, a lot of these baker or baking stories always begin around life events per se. Right. Um. So, yeah. So, Kudos to you for making that decision to know that the balance was needed and you could not possibly maintain, you know, taking care of your son and, you know, working in the classroom. So, tell me once you, deci- you decided to stay home, you know, how did you get your cookie, you know, how did your cookie
2: journey begin? You know, how yes. did you get there? So, um we were planning on having my son be in daycare and then um my daycare provider decided to move out of state. Uh, And so we kind of had to scramble because it's so hard to find an infant spot at a place, a good place. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Um, And I just, yeah, my mental health, postpartum hormones, you know, postpartum, I I don't want to say depression, but you know, just, it hit me really, really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, and my husband, he, his love language is, is taking action and fixing problems. And he saw how sad I was at the thought of putting my kid in a daycare that I wasn't fully happy with. And he said, give me some time. I'm going to see if we can make it work for you to stay at home. Cause um, you know, a teaching salary and his salary, it wasn't like we were rolling in the riches. We had to find a way to, to make it work. And he stayed up one night and he crunched all the numbers and he was like, you know what, I think uh, if we sell our house, we can make a really good profit. Cause we had uh, in our early married years, we had flipped a house that was a foreclosure. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: he's like, we can make a great profit. We can move into a smaller house uh, that's on the bus line and I'll sell my car and take the bus into work. Cause he worked at downtown St. Paul at the time. And that's what we did. And it was really scary um, and he was like, you know, I can make almost all the bills work, but if you can just pay your car payment, if you can figure out a way, because at the time I really didn't think that that cookies could be a, a lucrative, uh, and it's hard to make it mm-hmm. lucrative. Um, I didn't think they were a viable option as an actual career. I kind of just thought it was a hobby, and um, but I thought, okay, I can sell enough to make a car payment, you know, mm-hmm. that's easy. and I need that outlet from my baby. As much as I love being a mom, I I need that space away from them. So uh, it was kind of a welcome challenge. Mm -hmm. And um, we moved in on November 1st of 2018. And a week later, I posted my first cookie sale um, in the neighborhood Facebook page for elf cookies. And it was terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because you know how those neighborhood Facebook pages could be. You know, I was Mm -hmm. I was terrified, but it it ended up being amazing. You know, I got my first sales, and everything just rolled into action from there. And I Mm -hmm. I was realizing, okay, this this could actually work. You know. Yeah. So when did you actually start baking? Did you bake your first set of cookies? Were the elf cookies? No, no. I had been baking, um, you know, just as an outlet when I was teaching. And I had a lot of teacher friends with young kids. So they started ordering before I was officially a business. I think that's how a lot of people stumble into it. They're doing it for fun. And someone Mm -hmm. says, I want you know, a cake for my son's birthday. And so I started, I kind of got a little practice with the business world. And um, it wasn't until I needed to make the money that I started taking it seriously as a business and started kind of putting my CEO hat on of okay, this is more than just a, a creative outlet, so I need to treat it differently now, yeah so
1: when you transition from just hobbyer to um an entrepreneur, tell me about that transition was it hard for you? did you lose your passion um you know, tell me how that was for you,
2: yeah, I mean it was definitely learning about boundaries um, in a whole new way. Um, I think we all take on too many orders in our first couple of months, or we take on orders that are red flags of of maybe orders you shouldn't have taken because um, the customer doesn't quite understand how it works or or whatever it is. Um, And so, so much of that was a learning curve um, and -hmm. was really hard. And, and it's, and for a lot of people, I think it's enough for them to decide Okay, this isn't for me. you know, I don't like this. Yeah, you have to toughen your skin and uh, and set almost like set aside your hobby part mm-hmm. and your business part and and learn how to to create boundaries and and rules that you're gonna stick by for your business or else you're gonna burn out so, so quick. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of those things are like, Around the holidays, not taking any custom orders, not making exceptions for that, not giving, you know, discounts to family members, distant family members or whatever it is. Just like little things like that that can add up and start start mm-hmm. to burn you out if you don't put your foot down, not taking orders that are, aren't in your style or, you know, when people dictate, I want this exact cookie and you're becoming a robot. Um, it's, it's just all about those boundaries of what you can make work.
1: Yeah. Did did you find like um well I found in in my experience once I started charging for my cakes and started setting those boundaries my relationships with people changed. How did you find that? Did that happen to you and how I did totally, you navigate that? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean I think um, I wouldn't say relationships changed because I'd say most of my friends were pretty understanding when I had to do a price range, but they, they weren't ordering from me anymore, you know?
0: <laughs> okay, um, And
2: that was fine. And, and they would mm-hmm. always be like, Oh, you know, how much do you charge? And I tell them, they'd be like, Oh, good for you. Good for, yeah. you know, like always very encouraging, but also like, okay, I'm not going to be you know, buying from you anymore, and that's mm-hmm. perfectly fine because that's probably not my ideal customer yeah. at the end of the day. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and it's always scary, especially as we've had to raise our prices with the economy um, and raise my prices just with my skill level too. Yeah, um, that's been hard. Just maintaining that customer base of people that are like, "Yep, you you are worth that much," and I'm going to continue to purchase from you at mm-hmm. that price level. Um, but yeah, it's definitely. Uh, changed my customer base. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. <laughs>
0: that's
1: good. So um, you know, when I when I look at your Instagram page, I, I I see passion. I see, I see an artist. You really are a true artist. And I can see why you're doing this. And you you once said that sugar cookies are your love language and your passion. Tell me a little bit more about that. Like
2: expand on that for our listeners. Oh, that makes me so happy to hear you say that, honestly, because <laughs> You know, I get that imposter syndrome all the time of like, oh, am I just, you know, copying what everyone else is doing? I so want to be seen as, um, as an artist and, Mm -hmm. and want to feel that way. So I really appreciate you saying that. Oh, you're Um, welcome.
1: You absolutely are an artist. Truly.
2: (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say my love, I love, uh, at the end of the day when I don't have to make money and when Mm -hmm. I can just share my, that's why I love teaching cookie classes so much, um, because I love seeing how excited people get when they get to create these tiny little pieces of artwork Mm -hmm. Um, and and just sharing that passion with people that to me is, it's just, it fills my bucket. And I Mm -hmm. love gifting people, my cookies and every, everyone always says, oh, these are too pretty to eat. You know, like that's the classic response, but I just love the way that cookies they touch every single and cakes too they touch every single demographic i mean mm-hmm. who doesn't get happy when they see a beautiful piece of dessert yeah absolutely <laughs> and I, and that's just so fun to to get mm-hmm. to be the one that creates that
1: yeah and and i'm happy that you you did say cakes too because i was curious you know as to why why did maddie choose cookies to be her main focus why cookies and you know and
2: not cakes yeah because it started out as cakes um I started with making cakes um and I think because at the end of the day my passion passion is more the art and not the baking
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and cakes are you know you have different flavors and different combinations and fillings and I could never figure out a, a lemon curd to save my life. And <laughs> and at the and then I'd look and my kitchen was just like exploded with mm-hmm. sugar and frosting. And um and I think it was stressful because um what can go wrong with a cake is a lot harder to fix sometimes than with cooking. Yeah. I, I mean, you're probably good now because you've been, you have a, such amazing, beautiful cakes. So you probably know how to fix everything. But when you're just starting out, and like, I just remember I made this trolls cake, uh, like the movie Trolls,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: it took white chocolate melts to make her hair. And it was like a 90 degree day. Oh, and by the mm-hmm. time. <laughs> I gave them the cake. It was just complete. Poppy was like, just like a melted mess. And luckily it was for a good friend and she did not care, but I was just like devastated over mm-hmm. it. And and I think with cookies, it's sugar cookie, royal icing. It never changes. It's just a matter of what colors I mix up and what design I create. So, especially because um, I had a baby too. Mm-hmm. So I had my son and he, when I, my business was, you know, in its early days, he was about five, six months old uh and he might wake up from his nap and if I'm in the middle of a cake, how do you just walk away from that and mm-hmm. hold a baby or feed a baby? I mean, I'm sure many women have accomplished it and they're amazing. Yeah. But I couldn't do it. And so it was <laughs> nice because cookies, it was like, okay, he's up. I step away and I'll come back to these later, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, you still have that love for cake. It's just that it's it's oh, easy yes. to manage. Yeah.
2: I still um, love making my kids birthday cakes and whenever I get the chance and it's more fun that way because there's no pressure. And that's, yeah. you're talking about like finding that passion uh, of what makes you happy. That's, I'm, I'm kind of glad I don't sell cakes anymore because then it makes it so much more special when I make my kids cake. Cause I'm truly mm-hmm. just enjoying making this little piece of, of artwork for their birthdays.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Cause for me, like, I don't know how to fix everything. So <laughs>
2: Just, right, yeah. right you just fit your trial and error
1: right yeah <laughs> sometimes I see my cake going out and I'm like oh my god I did not fix that at all but I'm but for me it's like right now I'm I'm, I'm choosing to bake with a purpose mm. because I I found myself like losing my my passion for baking and and, and the artistry because I was just doing just some random case, uh, things that weren't yep. actually feeding my soul. And what what is it all worth if you're not feeding your soul with your own art? So I do get what you're saying. Around you're myself. so
2: right. Yep. Yeah,
1: we've all been have there. To, I think. Yeah, definitely have to to feed your soul. And um, I do notice that your your cookies are really feeding your soul, especially like I hear it in your narrations. <laughs> I really live for your voiceovers, Manny <laughs> So glad to hear that you no know, i really live with those voices because sometimes they're hilarious and i'm like here her go um <laughs> but then i i love how you you show both sides of this cookie you know this cookie world where you tell people that you can do this and you're gonna make mistakes but here is how you can mm-hmm. scrape it right off and start over mm-hmm. is this how is does this translate to your teaching overall is this how you are in classes and stuff are you telling them the the do's and don'ts and encouraging them that they can oh, always sure. start
2: over yeah i just think it's so important especially with social media being such mm-hmm. a big part in kids lives today to be authentic yeah and i've i've never loved that what before videos sometimes we were just seeing these pictures and it looks like everything was so perfect. Mm-hmm. And I just, I've always felt it was important to be authentic and say, I, you know, screwed up this cookie or I don't know what design I'm going to do today. Or, you know, like I didn't really enjoy making this design. I just want people to know that it's, that's okay to be human. We're not little robots creating cookies. And, and yeah, that has to apply in so many other ways of life As, yeah, same with, you know, teaching writing, just, it's okay to screw up. We're going to mm-hmm. learn from that or we're going to fix it this way. And to act like we're all able to get it right the first time is so ridiculous. Mm. You know, yeah. that's so unrealistic. It's and so scary. I think that's always just like g- being genuine and being authentic and being myself and making sure that that comes first in my art is just mm-hmm. so important. Yeah. And that's how, yeah. I mean, that's how I want my kids to be.
1: <laughs> yeah, so. that's good. So it's, it's like... When I when I when I watch your your like your mini tutorials online, I think man, she's she's a great teacher, right? And a lot of people often think that we all have, you know, we all have to be great in, you know, these official modalities that we've chosen, like you a teacher, me a vaccine scientist. But then here we are being self taught artists. You are a self taught cook here, you know? Mm-hmm. Tell me. How do you, um, do you use the University of YouTube <laughs> as well? Oh, yeah. And um, tell me, where do you get your your your, your inspiration? You know, who helps mm-hmm. to guide you? Who inspires
2: Maddie to, to be this good? Well, when I first started, there was um, a couple people, uh, Sweet Ams. I don't know if you know her, but she was kind of the big cookie artist uh, that posted on YouTube and um, Shell Sweets. She's mm-hmm. another one. So those are my first two that taught me a lot just from watching and learning them. Um, now I get so inspired by my friends that are in this industry, um, seeing what they're doing and and not necessarily inspired artistic wise, but just mm-hmm. inspired to keep going and and to just be like, oh, wow, they made that really cool thing. You know, like I should try that, you know, and it's it because we're supportive of each other and we, you know, talk to each other every day and it's not a competition between women Mm -hmm. instead of using that to be, Oh, I'm going to try to be better at her, better than her at this. It's more like, Oh my gosh, that's so great that you did that. I want to try too. and it's like this really cool community. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm really, really inspired by the women that are in this community with me that are lifting each other up. And I think Mm -hmm. that is another key. I, to the burnout, you know, to keeping staying in this and continuing to to look at it as a an artistic passion, yeah. having other other people that are in it with you and and can inspire you that way. Yeah. So
1: Minnesota is really um, lucky, or I say blessed enough to have like other great cookiers. Right? We have mm-hmm. Cake Smith, Bacon Mini Cookies. Tell me about the importance of that fellowship with other cookiers. You mentioned the, you know. Um, collect you know having a collective and conversations with them and cheering each other on but tell me what does it do for Maddie the individual
2: and you know the cookie business guardy goodies I think um this is a a naturally isolating business mm-hmm. um I think it's common that it's women who are stay-at-home moms or um you know, have left a a first career and, um, they're just at home doing this, you know, Mm -hmm. very few of us actually are in a commercial kitchen of some sort around people We're we're by ourselves. And then you're making the cookies by yourself. You're making the videos and posting or whatever by yourself. It can be incredibly isolating and you can get that tunnel vision. If you don't have other people, um, and, you know, we we all learned that during during COVID, right? Yeah. And so it, it applies everywhere. If, if you try to go into this and just be me, myself, and I, it's probably not going to last that long for you because you mm-hmm. need that connection with other people. You know, I need days where I can say to Minnie's Cookies and Cakesmith, like, oh my gosh, I'm so, uh, you know, uninspired. This, this customer gave me this theme and I have no idea. And then She'll say, "Oh, why don't you do this?" And then another will say, "Oh, you do this." And then all of a sudden, we have all these ideas, and it's like I wouldn't have been able to do that without them. So yeah. it's 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 just so important to have other people in the same industry as you lifting you up. You know, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Community having a community overall is really good for people, and it's always important to find your own community, find a community yes. that supports and 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 lifts you up. I want to kind of um, talk about um, how you go from inspiration to execution. I, I love that you, it's a good segue anyway, cause you just talked about like having a, a, a mind block, you know, yeah. for a certain theme and you can touch your community, talk to your community and they help to get you out of this space. Tell me how, what is your process from going from
2: inspiration to execution
1: of your cookies?
2: Oh man, I wish it was more streamlined. It's probably a little more chaotic than (laughs) than I think, you know, so many times I'll, I'll just have a a color palette and I'll just start Mm -hmm. with, oh, I really want to use these colors in my next set. Um, I have, I'll sketch out designs. A lot of times I usually pick out the, the cookie cutter shapes Mm
0: -hmm. and then,
2: um, sketch them out old school style on a sheet of paper, usually while my daughter is painting or coloring or something. Um, and it's funny, it's like these sometimes ideas will pop into my head throughout the day and I'll have to quick, you know, sketch out like, oh, I could do this. Um, or it, even when I'm like shopping at TJ Maxx and I see a really cute greeting card and I'm like, oh, that would make such a perfect cookie and I have to put it in my phone. And so it starts kind of that way of just kind of this conglomeration of all of these little ideas and then sketching them out. And then at some point I just have to stop coming up mm-hmm. with ideas and just start. <laughs> and that can be hard too. Cause you're like, Oh, I don't know. Maybe I need another one. And at some point I just have to start creating mm-hmm. the cookies. Um, yeah. I don't love to send my customers sketches ahead of time, Only because it can kill the creative process for me. Um, When it's a bigger order, like a wedding or something where, you know, they really want to know what the cookies are going to look like, I totally will. But when it's something smaller, you know, so often I'll think, oh, I was going to make this yellow circle cookie. But then when I'm actually decorating, I realize, oh, it would look so much better if it was orange, you know. And so I like to have that flexibility to be able to change or, oh, you know, actually, I'm going to add a bunch of flowers on this cookie. And so that's why I typically don't love sending designs, because I'd say most of my creativity comes in the actual process and not ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So how
1: do you how do you explain to the, the, the customer then what? Um, you know, the concept. So yeah. do you give them a concept of what yeah. you're going to do? Or, okay.
2: Typically my customers will say, um, you know, we're going to have a, like a, a retro hippie themed first birthday. And mm-hmm. and I'll ask usually for a color palette. Some, you know, our, some have one. I'll ask for their invitation. Um, and then I'll ask if they have any designs that inspire them. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't love, I always, Uh, Tell people I I won't copy a design that another cookie artist made. Um, It's going to have my own spin on it. But, but I still encourage people to send them um, because I want them to get what they want. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't want it to be all about me because I'm running a business. I have to make sure the customer is, is pleased with their product. Um, I think a lot of my customers at this point know that the more creative freedom and flexibility they give me, the better the product is, mm-hmm. um, as long as I'm staying in those color palettes and invitation. Um, so, yeah, they'll they'll give me that. And then I, I will send them my ideas uh, in, in their invoice. I'll say, you know, there'll be star cookies and flowers and 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 sometimes I'll add one that wasn't on the invoice. And I, I always ask them, what are the must haves?
0: Yeah. Um, okay. Just to
2: make sure I don't miss that. You know, mm-hmm. if they really want a name plaque in there or if they don't want to have their name on there, I always make sure that I ask them that um, just so that they're not totally caught off guard or surprised or upset by, um, their order, which hasn't happened. Yeah.
1: So, um, for, for you, how is it, you know, I know that you do cookie classes as well, Mm -hmm. right. Um, how seamless is it actually to move from your love of teaching in high school to actually teaching these cookie classes? How do Um, you
2: yeah? really seamless. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel I've prepared, And sometimes I think I do too much for my cookie classes. You know, people are getting handouts and they're getting links and they're getting worksheets and and probably more than they need to get. But it's mm-hmm. so, it it's just ingrained in me to do that. And, oh, I'm not only going to teach them, but I'm going to make sure they have a visual aid and that they can work at their own pace if they're a fast worker or slow, you know, so much of that training that I've had of diversifying my classroom and diversifying my instruction has just gone right into my cookie classes. Yeah. So that, that it's been really seamless, but like Mm -hmm. I said, sometimes I think maybe I do too much
1: (laughs) So in the classroom. Is is this how you teach generally giving them an abundance of information as well? So you find like it's translated into the classroom.
2: I always, I always tell people at the beginning, um, this isn't the type of class where you're just doing it for like this one-off event, you know, at a brewery where you make something and you go home and you never think about it again. I always tell them, I want you to be able to leave my class and do this at home. And Mm -hmm. at Christmas time, impress all your friends. And at your birthday, you know, my goal is that you're not just getting the class, but you are getting an experience that you can take into other areas of your life.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I, as a teacher, well, I, I you know, I've, I've taught in when I was in college, right? And was mm-hmm. in graduate school, I had to teach. Um, I got this sense of, I feel this sense of pride and purpose when I see my, my students doing well. Talk to me about after, you know, having taught a class and then watching
2: one of your students yeah. um, do well in the space. Oh yeah. I, it's really cool to see people open their own cookie businesses that have taken one of my classes. Um, it's funny cause I'll always get people that say, you know, are you scared you're going to lose business if you start these classes? And, and I'm like, no, I love seeing other, there's not enough cookies, cookiers to fulfill all of the requests. You know, I can't mm-hmm. tell you how many times I have to sell someone. I can't take their order because I'm booked. So to have somebody else in the industry that that learned what they know from me is pretty awesome. To say, mm-hmm. but I can confidently re- recommend this other person. Um, yeah, that's that's really fun, and it it's really fun just to see the hobby baker. You know that that did it one time with their mom as a fun little outing, and then mm-hmm. they send me a picture of like, look what we did for Christmas. I, I, it's like you said, it's such a sense of pride and it's really, it's a different sense of pride because I never really get to see that with my students when I was a high school teacher. Cause mm-hmm. you teach them and then they leave and you don't really hear from them again. You don't know what they've got on to, to do in this way. It's a very concrete way of being like, wow, I, I showed them how to do that. Yeah. And that's really cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so you did mention briefly that, you know, you are busy, and, you know, you take such pride in in handing off or recommending someone that you've actually taught. Is Maddie actually, um, what's keeping her the most busy? Mm-hmm. The orders or we know that you're a content creator, right? Uh, with almost a million followers, like which keeps you the most busy?
2: That's such a great question. Oh man, it's such a, a balance between the two. Um I'd say content creation does when, um, when I want it to, <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh, so mm-hmm. when I say, you know, I really want to, to get some good engagement this month, I'm going to post every day. I usually set goals for myself. I'm going to post every day. Um, cause I also work with brands and get some big partnerships that, that can really help pay the bills. Um, yeah. then that is my number one priority and that is what keeps me the busiest, but that can be really straining on mental health. And Mm -hmm. then I'll just go away for a week or two and not post at all and Mm -hmm. don't care what happens with the numbers because I need to just be, you know, focusing on being a mom or focusing on my cookie orders or whatever it is. But Mm -hmm. I'd say for the most part, it is the content creation that keeps me the most busy.
1: Yeah. So what is it like? Tell me I, I'm not a, a an influencer brand ambassador or anything I just want to know like, what is it like being a content creator influencer in this space? What is it like for you?
2: It's wild um it's a it's a wild it's like the wild wild west in a way that there there aren't these rules that we're used to you you never know what the brand is going to want you to do or what they're going to be willing to pay you or what you should be asking, you know, and Mm -hmm. and charging. And, um, so much of it is like a learning as you go. Um, and then creating a a community of other influencers so I can talk to them and be like, cause it's like, I need my whole other community for that. Oh, you know, what should I do here? Um, so it's really wild, but it's super fun. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. just, it's a blast. And I keep telling everyone keeps asking me, you know, like, what are you going to do in the future? And I'm like, I just, I'm going to keep riding this wave until it dies down. Cause we don't know what, what social media is going to look like in a year. It's already changed so much the, the influencer world. Um, so I just take them as they come. The Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. So Um,
1: you know, like I mentioned before, I have cake therapy, which is the cake therapy foundation for girls. Um, it is a space that I want to use to inspire like women and girls who've been impacted by systems on a whole, right. Mm -hmm. Um, to tell them that they too can become, you know, regardless of traumas or whatever it is that they've experienced in their lifetime. And I'm trying to, to promote, not just talk therapy, that there are other forms of therapy that can you know, that an individual can use to really ground them and center them. Mm. My question to you is, what would you say to a young boy or girl or gender nonconforming youth or individual? What would you say to that individual who is listening to Maddie right now, who wants to become a cookier? What's your advice to them? Also, what would be your advice to them if they also want to become an influencer
2: mm-hmm. um so to become a cookier, I would say to just start creating there are so many resources that are free um like you said the University of YouTube start learning as much as you can um it, you know what's nice is like for the most part the the art supplies are are pretty affordable so as much as you can bake and and practice and start creating and and let go of it needing to look perfect, understanding that there's going to be a learning curve and, and to keep doing it, Mm -hmm. you know, give cookies away to your friends, bring the cookies to the next birthday party or the cake. um, Because that's when people are really going to start to show you how much they admire what you do. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's, that can be a, a, just such a, a proud moment and it can be so empowering to know um, that you can do that on your mm-hmm. own. And so I really encourage and and to have faith that what you're learning is still, you know, as you grow, even if you're not at that, you know, food network level,
0: mm-hmm. what you're
2: doing is more than a, a lot of other people can do. So many people are going to have value in that. And whether that's cakes or art or writing, you know, whatever that passion is, you just, you've got to practice it and let go of of any of the, the restraints. Um, yeah. And then as far as, getting into social media influencing, you know, I know that's where everybody, everybody wants to, to tap into. Um, I'd say to, to go at it from an authentic place. Um, If you're getting into it because you want to make a bunch of money from Dior and Chanel or or whatever, um, but you don't really have a a personal brand, Mm -hmm. it's it's probably not going to work out for you. So start with just what, start with being authentic, start with being yourself and and not not looking at what anybody else is doing. You know, that was really key for me in posting my cookie videos is when I started posting them, I added the voiceover. And at the time, no one was really doing that. It was just a nice, pleasant music. But I wanted to talk. (laughs) You know, I wanted to explain things to people. And, um, And I think that's what's helped me be successful is I'm just being honest, just being myself. So I I think that's where really where you have to start and Mm -hmm. then, and then grow from there.
1: Mm -hmm. So Maddie has a family. She has children. Um, Complete this sentence for me. When, when, when you're speaking to your kids, you say, when you grow up, you can.
2: (sighs) Oh, when you grow up, I mean, you can be you can be what you want to be. Yeah. You know, that's what I always grew up with. You can be mm-hmm. anything you want to be. Is the message different from the for the boy than for the girl? No. It's yeah. definitely the same. Mm-hmm. Absolutely the same. Um well, okay, I should say that. Uh I wanna <laughs> make sure that my daughter knows that she truly can be anything that she wants mm-hmm. to be, you know, and it's different than, mm-hmm. than what it was years ago and what people are going to tell you. And mm-hmm. so I'll say in that way, it's different that I, I want to make sure that I'm fostering all the little uh, talents that I start seeing from her and not mm-hmm. pushing them aside. Cause they're not traditionally feminine or, you know, she needs to be a mom or whatever that, that is. And so I think, um, I think that would be the, the main difference.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, to the, to the girl or the youth that, that's listening to you, when you grow up, you can be, what's your message
2: to them? When you grow up, well, you don't even have to wait till you grow up. Girl, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you grow up, you can be successful. Um mm-hmm. You can, uh, obviously the the age old, you know, work hard or whatever, but you can be successful and you can find happiness. You have to, you have to um, look at what is the defining of your success. Mm -hmm. You know, is is it having a nice family? Is it being able to have a creative outlet? Is it being able to feel fulfilled? You know, you, you can, you can. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want people to know that, especially when you're young and things feel so intense and, and hard. Um, you, you can get out of that. You, mm-hmm. you can get out of that time and you can grow from it and you can be successful and happy.
1: Yeah. Does Maddie have a guiding philosophy? And if she does, what is it?
2: Um, I, I mean, I've already said, I probably said it too many times, but it's just being authentic, being true mm-hmm. to yourself being true to yourself. And it sounds so cliche and so cheesy, but if I look at all of the times that I was not true to myself, those were the times that were the hardest for me. Mm-hmm. Those were the times that, you know, I took an order that didn't make sense, or uh, I committed to something that didn't, you know, didn't make sense for me or, or who I was, or mm-hmm. wasn't something I believed in. Um, and so at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to is being true to yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And in, in, in 10 years, 15 years down the line, what, what are you hoping that your legacy will be?
2: Well, I'd love to write a book someday. So, do it. <laughs> um, amazing that you have done that. Um, so, I'd love to leave that as a legacy. Um, mm-hmm. But honestly, uh, this is going to sound really cheesy, but I want to make sure that my, my kids saw me as a, as a good mom and, Mm -hmm. um, and that they look back at their childhood and, and feel like it was a happy childhood. And so at the end of the day, even though I know this is an interview about my cookie (laughs) business, if I'm really thinking about what I want my legacy to be, it's, um, I want it to be my kids and how I raised them and, um, made them into good humans. (laughs) yeah absolutely we
1: we owe them that right it's a commitment to them that we take when we bring them into this world so absolutely yes I want to know what's what's in the works for you then you know Mm -hmm. what's next for you
2: well I'd love to write a book Um, maybe we'll chat about that later but um Mm -hmm. have you started no no No. (laughs) I don't know what it's going to be about. I mean, I have wanted to write a book ever since I was a kid. So yeah. we know when I was a kid, I wanted to write young adult fiction. And now I'm, it would probably be something else, but um, mm-hmm. so I'd love to do that. Um, and it, it, you know, I've often thought just sharing my journey like as you have done with yours mm-hmm. um, might be something that, that would be worth writing down. Um, so that's always kind of in the back of my head when my daughter is also in school, um, is having the time to, to possibly pursue that. hmm hmm So you are
1: not quite sure where your books, um, what your book's going to be about what you do mm-hmm. have stories to tell. And yeah. yeah, well, I look forward to, to reading your stories and, <laughs> and continue, you know, watching and learning from you. Cause girl, my cookies suck. Um, <laughs>
2: Well my cakes are not on your level. So we all have our strengths. I look at her, I look at your feed and I'm like, girl, what
1: you over there doing? And why need to come over to St. Paul to no. do some of this stuff? You are like too good. You guys are too good. I love watching you, Kate Smith baking, mini cookies, and a few others um, in the cities. I um like share with our listeners,
2: Maddie, like where can they find you? Um, So you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Guardy Goodies. Um, And that's where I try to post probably three or four times a week. You can see me in my stories, sometimes talking about daily ins and outs of my life. Um, You can come to one of my cookie classes. Um, I partner with Bachman's in Minneapolis to um, to teach there. And I also teach at a lot of different places, you know, jewelry shops and usually in the twin cities the metro area of minnesota um so yeah those are the main and then you can always order cookies for me from my website at GardyGoodies.com too yeah so thank you so much maddie
1: for um for you know saying yes to the invitation to join me as i'm embarking on this journey to spread not only just love and light and art um just the therapeutic you know aspect mm-hmm. of of any art form. So I'm really excited that you decided to come on board and plus we're neighbors. So Mm -hmm. I I love that, you know, you decided to to support your neighborhood girl on this new venture. So thank you so much for being here. And I want to thank our listeners for joining us on today's podcast. Your slice of joy and healing was with Maddie um, Gartman from Guardy Goodies, the cake therapy podcast. Enjoyed having you today. So thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Cake Therapy Podcast. Your support means the world to us. Let us know what you thought about today's episode in the comment section. Remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you found the conversation helpful, please share it with a friend. Also follow Sugar Spoon Desserts on all social media platforms. We invite you to support Cake Therapy and the work we do with our foundation by clicking on the Buy Me A Coffee link in the description or by visiting the Cake Therapy website and making a donation. All your support will go towards the Cake Therapy Foundation and the work we are doing to help women and girls. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode.